Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Chas Smith, we are, officially, we are officially at Album Surfboards, yet we're still on Zoom. How did this happen? Well, because we have a once-in-a-lifetime, I'm going to say, guest opportunity this morning, David Lee Scales. Oh, yeah? Who is the special guest? We have someone who is as close as we could ever possibly get to the world's greatest surfer, Kelly Slater. I mean, he has seen him in his underwear. So there's he that. has seen him as underwear. He has hung out with him. And as far as I know, Brandon is not blocked across all social media channels, has actually looked into the 11-time world champion's eyes and, yeah, got something from him. So Maybe, maybe, block, maybe blocked after today. I mean, pro- probably certainly <laughs> blocked after today. Um, give him a proper introduction. This is uh, – so uh, Brandon Sneed, he's a writer – Obviously, he just wrote a big uh, cover feature on Kelly Slater for Sports Illustrated, but I'm sure he's written a bunch more. Brandon, are you freelance or do you work for Sports Illustrated or what's your story? Yeah, freelance. Freelance. And thanks for having me, man. Excited. Well, congrats on the cover story, too. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, thanks. It was cool. Um, I was really happy with the way it all came together. Uh, first off, though, what do you, are y'all blocked across all social media channels? Oh, what, what yeah. Was, you know? yeah. Kelly Slater is not a chaz smith fan no i am i am in the clear i am not blocked what'd you do chaz well it's you know it's all deserved to be honest i call him an asshole a lot uh i poke fun at him i think too much Uh, david lee what do i do what did i do to get get kelly's goat well 
let me provide context for Brandon. Um, in the surf world, there isn't any real true journalism. Everybody's mm. kind of, uh, the magazines traditionally have been funded by five brands. And so they're writing kind of glorified press releases for those brands. Everybody venerates the idols. There's no journalists digging in to tell true stories. Even when people die of drug mm. overdose, like pro surfers die of a drug overdose or whatever, nothing honest is written about it or investigative. And so Chaz uh, has taken that opportunity to kind of do more uh, salacious storytelling around Kelly Slater. I would still argue it's not very journalistic in its rigor, <laughs> no. but, um, but it is sensational. And so I think Kelly um, doesn't appreciate a lot of Chaz's ribbing, let's say. Okay, interesting. So am I making a mistake here talking to you, Chaz? Because I got, you know, I got a good thing going with Kelly. I, mean, I, I respect him a lot. I don't know what's going on with y'all. Um, you'll, you know. you'll be safe. <laughs> yeah but so how did it yeah. how did it come together did sports illustrated approach you with the idea or did you approach them um it was a woman named shelby um who i worked on a story about sean white with shelby mead. yeah shelby mead um, love shelby mead. mead yeah shelby's amazing um so she was uh working with sean white four or five years ago and i did a big story on him for the now defunct uh br mag at bleacher report and um you know, that went well, spent a lot of time with Sean and Shelby. And, um, and then earlier this year, I was working on a story about Esther Lee, who was Sean White's um, physical uh, therapist, his personal physical therapist throughout that Olympic run. And then again, uh, for his recent final Olympics and, and uh, Esther had been working with him for years on and off. And she has also worked with tons of other very successful athletes and performers and entertainers. And she um, just is a beautiful person who was dealing with um, pancreatic cancer. And she, you know, thought she was going to die at a certain point and she was still doing her thing. And so I was doing a big story on her. And um, while I was talking with Shelby, kind of setting that up, um, <clears throat> she said, you need to write about Kelly, <laughs> you know? Um, and so long story short, that's just kind of how I got rolling from there is I went to, SI, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. And um, said, hey, you know, got, you know, Kelly's folks asking if, you know, would like some access and like to spend some time with him, you know, as he's, you know, coming up on 50, still doing his thing. We didn't know at the time, you know, I mean, he hadn't won pipeline yet or anything like that. It was just, you know, let's see what Kelly's doing, how he's still doing his thing. And um, it just kind of, you know, progressed from there. Um, he, Invited me down to Cocoa Beach, spent, you know, where, you know, it's his hometown, spent a few days down there and then flew to LA with him. And um, Kalani, spent a lot of time with Kalani, his girlfriend as well. And then just some of his other friends down there in Cocoa Beach. And then we flew to LA, spent a couple of days there in the, the rolling sauna of a rental car that had no air conditioning and things like that. And um, it was just a really like, I, it was just, it worked out great. He was just, for whatever reason, super comfortable and, and open and relaxed. And, you know, it just all went really, really well. What about, did you know anything about surfing prior or what was your awareness of Kelly? Yeah, I mean, I knew, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, need some water, apparently. Um, yeah, I mean, I knew who Kelly was. I wasn't 
deep in the surf world by any means. Um, I had to do, you know, a good bit of homework. Um, I lived in Wilmington, North Carolina for a couple of years, probably 10 years ago and tried to pick up some surfing then I've always loved it. Um, but I never had a chance to actually get decent at it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, played a lot of catch up, um, you know, learned a lot more about his background and about the sport in general. And, um, that was cool. Like it just, I really love just, uh, I mean, just the, the whole, I wrote about this, some in the story, just the whole concept of, I mean, when you're surfing, I mean, you're out there in the ocean, which is this, this volatile, completely unpredictable arena that you also have to, you're all at once almost, um, not competing with it exactly, but it's not always your friend, but it's, you have to make friends with it one way yeah. or another. And, um, I just found that so compelling. And, um, and then just talking with Kelly a lot about the ways he's gone about doing that over the last, you know, 40 years, it was just really cool. The Did, piece. Go, go ahead, Chad. I was going to say, uh, <clears throat> Kelly, Kelly is known in, uh, certainly right. at least I think outside of surf or, you know, in the surf world space for his mind games, uh, for being able to stare at you with those piercing blues and trick, trick your brain. Did you feel any that Kelly was, was doing anything like that with you? Or did you feel he was, you were actually getting an open, honest response from him? Yeah. Like you, you say that. And I mean, I've watched the momentum generation documentary where they talk about things like that. And, um, you know, it, we, and we talked a lot about that. I mean, in the sense of the competitive space of being out there trying to win a serving competition. Um, you know, I come from traditional sports, you know, I played soccer, basketball, and baseball all through high school, played baseball through college. Um, and I've spent, you know, the majority of my career covering, you know, athletes in sports like that. I've done a lot of stories on, you know, guys in the MMA, UFC. Um, Kelly's also a big UFC MMA fan. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of, it gives me pause, like you framing it like that, like trying to trick you with this piercing blues. I mean, if we're talking about in a competitive arena, I mean, what the hell else are you out there for other than to beat the guy next to you? Um, and then if you mean on a human to human level, no, I mean, He's just, he's a thinker. He thinks things through from every angle and he considers every angle and we would discuss things from multiple angles like that. You know, I never got a sense of trying to be tricked. It was more a sense of, okay, I'm saying things this way. Are you hearing it this way? You know, let's, we would just talk things through. Did you get any indication about um, his plans for retirement? And even if he didn't outrightly explicitly <laughs> state what his plans were, what was your sense? on what his plans are for his career. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's thinking about it. Um, sometimes he feels like this could be the last season. Sometimes you don't, you know, that's the hard thing when you're a guy at that level is good at <clears throat> what you do as he is, especially, I mean, how do you ever really let it go? Yeah. And, um, you know, the truth is, I mean, guys like that, you know, they never really do. I mean, he's always going to be surfing. Um, you know, I talked to Tony Hawk a lot, uh, for the story too. And he said things a similar way is, you know, I mean, he's coming off this, you know, shattered femur at, you know, the age he's at. And that's just the way it's, the reality is they never really stop. It's just a matter of, you know, they are going to stop doing it in public at some point. 
Um, but it's just what they do. I mean, they have just that deep love um, for it that, you know, can border on obsession. But I mean, it's something that's given them so much that they get so much out of. And that in turn, they've given the world a lot of because of that, yeah. too. I mean, it's there's just a lot wrapped up in walking away from it. And like I said, they never really walk away. It's just a matter of when and how and where they do it. Well, the, the interesting thing was that Tom Brady tried to walk away. And Kelly, I guess, has a relationship with him that you discuss in the article. Yeah. And Brady missed it so much that, you know, he can play I guess Kelly could surf outside of competition. Brady could probably play football, but it's not the same level of intensity. And that is what they miss. But as you unpack in the story, what drove Kelly from an early age was this dysfunction at his house and surfing, providing the refuge from that. And then you kind of unpack the suicide thought that he had and all of that conflict. And then that propelled him forward later in his career so I just wonder what the conflict is at this point in his life. You know, like he can still compete, but he's not, other than the pipe event, he's not winning events anymore. He's not really competing at the top level. And so at what point does that bruise his ego enough to just finally retire? You know, if he can't hang with the young kids, then retirement becomes a viable option unless there's some driving for, uh, factor for him. Um. I mean, I think looking at it from bruising his ego is a kind of strange place to look at it from. I think it's more about, is this healthy for me to keep doing? Um, at least that's where he comes at it from. He doesn't, you know, he's done a lot of work to kind of understand and heal a lot of the things he went through as a kid. He's found a lot of, you know, grace and forgiveness for his family and for himself. And we talked about that a lot. That didn't end up so much in the story but it's been a very real thing for him just on a human level. He's found a lot of peace lately. And, um, you know, I mean, he's, he said it's, uh, it's been interesting to see how that has affected his competitive drive too. But I mean, there's also just the fact that he's been doing this for 40 years. You know, I don't think there's any ego left about it. Like he, he loves it and he, he understands what he offers those young guys out there. There's nothing to do with his ego being bruised at this point, at least from my perspective, um, is more like, I mean, he loves being out there. He loves giving what he can to it. And sure, there are those times where you want to compete well and you want to do that, but it's more about internally, like, what am I still capable of? And that's more what it's about than any of that other stuff. And for him, I mean, it seemed like it's been more about that from the beginning. I mean, there's always that competitive urge to to beat the next guy. And sure, you know, you feel your pride get up in a healthy way. I mean, it's shit. I mean, I'm playing. Sorry, I don't know if you can cuss on here. My bad. Yes, but, you um, can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it, we all do it, right? Like, I mean, I was playing pickup basketball last night. Yeah, 35 years old, and I'm, I'm getting heated. You know, it's like, of it's kind of, you know, it's just, it's just natural. Um, but I don't think it's ever going to be a reason that he would stop would be that. I think it's more just what does he want his life to look like? And he's been doing this a really long time. And um, I think he keeps going back out there as much because he, he likes, you know, I mean, he understands the way that he's helped to build the sport and he understands what he has to offer to people, uh, especially the, the younger surfers. Like he remembers being a young guy out there looking up to people he's surfing against and feeding off of them. That's a term he used a lot. 
was, you know, you feed off of people around you out there in the waves. And so he just tries to give what he can to the young guys now as much as yeah. anything. Did, did spending time with Kelly uh, in his life, did you think, oh man, what a lucky guy? Or did you think I could never live this way? I mean, I think looking at Kelly from the outside, you know, he's got it all. He's got money. He's got a, a level of fame. He has, you know, homes dotted, you know, beachside homes across the globe. But also I look at his life and it just seems crazy. It seems like you never stop. It seems like you're always moving one place to the other and it would drive me crazy. Did you get a sense of how Kelly lives? And if it was, yeah, if you liked it or not personally? Yeah, I mean, the way he lives. Um, I mean, I, I think, I mean, he talked about that too as part of him, you know, is looking forward to more downtime. You know, he did mention that he, you know, sometimes gets some anxiety about traveling. Um, not so much the flights themselves and such, but just it's an extraordinary amount of planning and managing of logistics and your homes and making sure everything's taken care of and all that. Um, I mean, me personally, like, you know, I, I think it, it seems like a lot to manage, but it seems beautiful. You know, and like he, he says he has homes all over the world. He's got families all over the world. You know, like that's it's it's very it's very unique and it's it's special. Um, and I think it especially means a lot to him coming from, you know, he's found a lot of love and grace and forgiveness for his his family and his childhood. And he's, he's fine. Like, that's all square now. But when you're a kid, I mean, the feelings you experience and the pain you experience as a kid, you know, it's always in you a little bit. And so for him to have found people around the world that he considers family, like. I just, I thought that was one of the coolest things. Um, but yeah, it's a lot. I mean, there was a, one of the, like the night before we were going to get on the plane to LA. I mean, they were doing like, you know, eight loads of laundry and having to make sure this is taken care of and that's taken care of for the house and, you know, packing up, you know, half a dozen suitcases of stuff for two weeks in Southern California, followed by a month in Australia. Yeah, you know, it's a lot to manage, man. I mean, throwing like three surfboards in the back of my rented Corolla. You know, it's just like it, it's it's a it's a form of chaos. But like I said, they're just used to it too. You know, so I don't know. I on one hand, yeah, obviously it's a lot. On the other hand, I mean, it's just kind of a special thing. Like it's, I thought it was, you know, it's just really it seems to fit him really well. And I mean, he seems at home with all of it. You know. Yeah. Um. Final question. Is he wearing boxers, briefs, or boxer briefs? <laughs> oh my God. I, you know, I don't, I think it was, I don't, I don't know. I feel weird answering that. <laughs> you didn't get a good look. <laughs> oh man. I You're the one that wrote about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. You yeah. didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, from what I remember, it was boxer briefs. Yeah. That's, it was the, like, right, that's the right choice for Kelly. That is the, it's the yeah, only, I mean, what do you wear, David? What do you wear, Brandon? Mm, I definitely I'm, rock with the boxer briefs. You have to. It's the modern. It's the modern underwear. I, Everything I, I else don't understand is just how you can do anything other than boxer briefs. To be honest, yeah. agreed. <laughs> do you think? Do you think though there is a? I feel because I transitioned from boxers, <clears throat> excuse me, to boxer briefs. Is the next step briefs? No. Why, why do we have that extra not. room on the leg? What's that doing uh, for us? I think it holds everything from like the wedgie, probably. But you don't get it. I don't think you get a wedgie with briefs. Well, you you should do the briefs for two weeks and then report back. Okay, I'm doing it. I'm in. All right, listeners, stay tuned for that. Um, uh, 
Brandon, we'll direct everybody, obviously, to the Sports Illustrated article. But do you want to direct people to your personal social media or anything else that you've got going on? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's just all at Brandon Sneed on Instagram and Twitter. My website's brandonsneed.com. Awesome. Are you working on anything else you want to promote? I got a few things in the works right now, but I don't think it's the best time to talk about them yet. Appreciate it, though. Fair enough, then. People will follow you on Insta and see when that comes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I appreciate it, guys. Sweet. Thanks so so much, Brandon. Great piece, too. Yeah, wonderful piece. Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. All All right. Take care. All right. You too. All right. Well, thanks to Brandon Sneed, huh? Brandon Sneed. What a, what a mellow guy Brandon Sneed was. I mean, that was low energy. Yeah. But it was like the perfect North Carolina style low energy. Like he, just moving through that muggy weather. He, he was also very concerned yeah. about what he had gotten himself into. Exactly. People should do their research, man. Brandon, you're a journalist. Do your research. Um, just kidding. I also, it, I mean, he's, it's fair that he would get on his heels a little bit there, but I feel like shouldn't have led with the, <laughs> we shouldn't have because, because he really pulled some, he was apprehensive. Any little jab yeah. like, Oh, ego. Well, that's a weird place to come from. Yeah, the question. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. like, dude, ego drives everything. Of course. Kelly would never have 11 world titles without yep. ego. What are you talking yep. about? And, and as a journalist, you should know better than anything. He is the most competitive dude in the world. And for sure that ego gets pricked by losing to people that he shouldn't lose to. Absolutely. I mean, if it doesn't, then he really should ret- retire. But I love the fact that he was there to defend Kelly. Yep. I, I did too. I mean, how often that's as close as we could get to Kelly Slater. That's why I was excited to have Brandon on the on the show. And also that piece really is great. It's the most, uh, his sports illustrated piece, check it out is the most insightful Kelly piece I've read in a while. Well, I, I don't know. I think the lost tape series might even provide more than that. Sure. I mean, video and whatnot, definitely. But in terms of like a written profile of Kelly. Yeah. I, I thought it was, when I read it, I felt like paragraph after paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of it being geared towards the Sports Illustrated audience who doesn't know Kelly, and it did a phenomenal job of servicing their audience. Great. And then the one bit that was for you and I was the suicide reveal. Which is is super interesting uh, and makes me, obviously I'm not questioning Kelly's suicidal thoughts, but when does, I mean, you've thought about killing yourself, right? No. You've never once thought, damn it, if I just killed myself, everything would be a lot easier. Never once. You've never. I, ha- I have no problem discussing. Like I would have no problem revealing it if I did. Sure. But I absolutely never once. That's funny. I, I supposed I thought that was a natural human. I think it is. A natural like that everybody has. A, like, I don't think everybody, but I think it's natural. Yeah. Yeah. Like that and not in a serious like taking steps. Right. Kind of way to do it, which I suppose that's was Kelly's reveal is that he was standing on top of the tallest building in the world, able to see the East Indian Ocean from Coolangatta. Right. Did, did you see the... The, uh, the meme? Yeah, the beach grid meme was really, really, really funny. But anyway, standing on a, on top of a tall building, thinking about it, which I suppose is not a necessarily, a necessarily a step, but it's, I guess, something. Okay, so that's worth discussing then, because I have been on a giant building. Sure, and said I could jump off right now. But it wasn't suicide related. It was no. like just a human vestige of your human kind of, of course. animal impulse. Of, of course. I mean, that's an I, impulse to jump. I mean, that it's I bizarre. Have, I have that big time scary. Why do we have that? I don't know. Where does that come from? I have no idea. Who does that service biologically? It is so weird. Like, does it, is it just that we all want to fly or something? 
Maybe. The, yeah, maybe we're curious about that feeling. Yeah. Not about the splat. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea, but I I have it fairly bad, too. It's weird, we Compulsive right? jumping. Yeah. Yeah. It's super weird. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that the reveal of Kelly. I just, I wanted more there, I suppose. And, like, it would be interesting to hear. I mean, I have great friend, Jamie Tworkowski, is a, uh, you know, it's, deals with suicide a lot and all of that. Like, I would like a further discussion of of that sort of as a, not necessarily as it relates to Kelly, just in general, like what is, where does thinking, man, this sucks. I just want to die. Like, uh, Oh, what is it? Brad Pitt's, is it oceans 11? His line. Uh, I think George Clooney asks him, are you ever suicidal? And he says only in the morning, uh, which is like, I totally get that. You wake up, look at the day, all the stuff that, you know, especially on a rough day and just think, Oh man, a lot easier to be dead right now. Uh, but you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't consider that suicidal ideation. Right. And I just, I suppose it's all in the person's mind. Like if Kelly well, felt that he was seriously suicidal, Kelly would be the only person who knows versus a, ah, be easier if it was over. I think what struck me about that reveal with Kelly was, um, how much of a loss it would have been for the world had oh, yeah. he followed through and, so I think about that with everybody else too, sure. who's come to that kind of ultimate conclusion is it's always feelings, emotions are always temporary, full stop. And Except what if they're not? They what if are, you're like though. deeply depressed and you're like even, low level? Even, even then, I agree with you, I hear you, but even then it still goes like this. Yeah. So you're more depressed at some times and less at others and maybe you just ride at that low portion. Um, and then there's medication that can help you get out of that. There are solutions there, uh, but emotions are temporary. And so when you're feeling that lowest of the low and you think that there's limited options, you won't feel that way down the road. And so to make kind of a final consequence is to subvert all the greatness that can come. And Kelly's a great example of totally. like revolutionizing everything along the way. And, After his uh, moment, yeah, and it would have it would have been such a, such a detriment to surfing, to greater society, to all of it had he followed through. So it makes me sad to think of all the people who have. Yep, you know? I so. mean, suicide is such a great, great, great tragedy, and like, I mean, yeah, it's great. And then the worst part about it is the surviving family. Yeah, family. I mean, and what would that do to your mom? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no. it's it's really tragic. Don't commit suicide, people. No. Don't do it. Makes me, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. Super sad to think about. Um, well, hey, welcome back in person, in the flesh. Feels good to be back at How? the Album Surfboards factory showroom. It's pretty impressive. Is here. this considered, a, this is not a factory showroom because they don't shape here, do they? They did have a shaping bay out back, but I think he's doing it all in Oceanside now. Okay. So no Smart. longer factory showroom. Man, he must hate his life, Matt Parker, when on Fridays, in case he has to run down to Oceanside <laughs> to get something from the shop, from San Clemente to Oceanside on Fridays is a solid, can be a solid hour and a half drive. Oceanside right there is where that all backs up. Yep. It's freaking a nightmare, It dude. is crazy town. It really is. Had a, uh, when we went to Europe, we took a um, Uber up because didn't want to pay the crazy parking fee up at LAX, which is silly that it's way cheaper to, to Uber from, from San, Diego. San Diego to LAX than it is to park. Anyhow, uh, Took an Uber and stinking Uber driver, genius. He is a ex-Marine, has a pass to get on into Pendleton, 
And so when it backs up, when he's coming south, he just drives through Pendleton. Amazing. Mm-hmm. He says it's so a, smart. Says it's a pleasant drive. It's like driving through a nature park with tanks and whatnot yeah. off the sides. Uh, but yeah, fantastic. Pretty interesting. Uh, you never do offsite parking up there. Yeah, of course, only offsite parking. But even offsite parking is insane. And the LAX has turned into such a junk show. Like to get in and out of uh, even to get the buses to your offsite parking. And offsite parking is like I don't know, 30, 40 bucks a day, <clears throat> which yeah. Crazy, dumb, dumb. Yeah, crazy. Are you walking on your ankle? What's I am hobbling, you, hobbling on it. Is it bruised? Uh, yeah, it's pretty gross. Is it? it? I mean, the grossness has sort of died down, but yeah, I still have like general bruising. Can I see it? It's pretty gross though. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's like, it was all like all the way up to the toes and everything was just like flooded with blood. Ugh. I don't know how I burst so many blood vessels. I have the same exact socks on right now, but in white. Oh, nice. How funny is that? It's a great sock. It's like the boxer brief of socks. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I love how apprehensive he was to talk about it. He was. It's like, dude, you opened your you article literally with that we story. Really, I really put him on his... I feel bad now. We could have gotten a real good interview, but I put him on his heels you really by did. saying that Kelly doesn't like me. I know. But yeah. I, I thought that... But I thought he would have known that already. You'd think. Yeah. You'd, you'd think, think that a slight bit of digging, you'd see these Beach Grit headlines about Kelly and think, well, I mean, I guess... Beach Grit does a good job because they're not anti-Kelly. It's just yeah, but he should have praising Kelly. If he was researching Kelly all that time to write an article, he would know what Beach Grit was and who you were in your role to Kelly, you would think. You'd think. Now, here's what we should have asked him was about the Indian Ocean thing. Yeah. How did we not ask him that? Well, because he just got it straight wrong. I was going to, but he just got it flat wrong. And the, then the copy editor at Sports Illustrated didn't catch it either, so it it's one of those things where you wince about it and it's too late. Did right? Kelly get it wrong though? Or did no, the get it wrong? He got it wrong. Okay. He was like, cause Kelly didn't say he right. was looking at the Indian ocean, uh, East Indian ocean. Brandon was providing. In uh, Kelly's suicide story. Kelly says that he's standing in his high rise apartment in Coolangatta overlooking quote, the beautiful the East Indian, Indian ocean, East Indian ocean. And, um, that went to print obviously. And yeah. so that's why we're talking about it. But somebody in the beach, great comments wrote, made a little meme and it was the country of us, the continent of Australia (laughs) with Kelly in a very tall building is what it said. Looking across the country at the opposite ocean. Very funny. I'm so glad that he's on the edge, but he's looking across the country the other way into the ocean. I was so happy that Brandon or that that slipped because the amount of even subtle, subtle commentary on that in the comments was hilarious. Hilarious. Like, yeah. Jimmy the Saint, I think, just right. Oh, God, Kelly's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so we are at Album Surfboards. Listeners have less than 24 hours to win this exact album, Free Wing. This might be the prettiest surfboard I've ever seen in all of my life. Do you mind getting out of your chair and inviting Matt Parker in from behind sure you? Don't. And Matt can get on that mic right sure now. Sure don't. And tell us about this board. That was totally, yeah. I honestly did not stop. I think I rode 16 miles the day after it happened. So, well, yeah. best rehab. Yep. Well, Matt is suffering a worse injury than you. Apparently. What do you got, Matt? Uh, oh. is a serious wiffle ball injury. No Father, way. Father's Day wiffle ball. Yes. A, a, a jam? I think I did it. Yeah, we were playing wiffle ball with the boys on Father's Day. Yep. And I went to catch one and it like just kind of hit my finger wrong and it felt fine. Didn't even think anything about it. 
And then woke up Monday, and I was like, ah, oh, this kind of hurts. And then I woke up Tuesday, and it hurt worse. And then I shaped a bunch on Tuesday, and I think I over... So it's a break. It. No, I went and got it. I thought maybe I did because yeah. it was like my knuckle was huge, and I couldn't do anything. But, but who, it was who, the who, wiffle ball hit it or your hand hit it? I don't really know. Because a wiffle ball is not that <laughs> But who hit it? Who? You're getting old, dude. You're getting Except old. Except for who hit the wiffle ball? Was it your son? Uh, my son, but it was just like a pop-up, and I was... You sure it wasn't him. coming? Like, you sure he's not... Major League Baseball material. Um, Hitting my, a wiffle ball so hard. My 16-year-old is a legit baseball player. He loves play, He plays pretty seriously, but no, it was embar- It was fully pathetic. <laughs> How fun is wiffle ball, by the way? That's the best. It's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. It's the best. Like being able to actually throw a curveball for once in your life and yep. all that kind of stuff is yep. so fun. We have a little, um, like a little field, like a little park right by our house, and it's like a mini baseball field. So it's like perfect wiffle yeah. ball size. Mm. Yeah. It's killer. Amazing. We should get a we should get a uh, surf wiffle ball league going. Hell no, we never do so? any of the things we I say know. we're going to do, and that would be the lowest on the list. I you mean, ever, I just have you ever seen somebody though that you think they're athletic, and you, and then you see them throw a ball. Oh yeah, and you're like, you you have never once done Whoa. anything athletic in your life, <laughs> and then you what judge. There? Yeah, it changes your entire opinion of that person yes, too. Totally. Oh man, I like. Did I talk about this about teaching kids to throw? No, on the show teach the kids, yeah. homeschool the kids. So how we have like, I think eight or nine of them now. Uh, I just always assumed that throwing a ball was an eight, that you are born learning no. to throw a ball. So we took the kids out, the, the age, the range in age from uh, nine to five, I guess. The amount of awful throwing <laughs> was so shameful that, you know, it's fathers who teach, that us fathers went and just like, started screaming at the kids and whipping them and then whipping ourselves for raising such awful athletes. And yeah, then throwing a ball became part of the curriculum. It's kind of a signifier. There. If you can, if you can look like you know how to throw versus yep. if you can't. It's yep. It really is a signifier. I think there's a greater percentage of bad throwers now than there ever has been. Before. Oh my goodness. It's directly related to iPhone usage. Yeah. You know, you can see it too with like, uh, when they have celebrities come out and do the first pitch. Yes. Oh man. Like and Brett Simpson did a, Throughout the first pitch at an Angel game last weekend, legitimate good throw. Yes, yeah, Simpo like, is like a straight up athlete. It's though. like okay, yeah. he's an athlete, and his dad was dad's a pro. NFL player. Yeah, yeah. you see another like you know, have you ever seen like the Fifty Cent? Yes, yeah. and that's somebody who you would expect <laughs> should be able to, <laughs> to throw yes. a ball. But it's not it? Mariah Carey; it's Fifty Cent. <laughs> yeah, Fifty Cent. Fifty. But man, yeah, throwing a ball. If listeners. If you don't know how to throw, get out there be at ashamed night. Ashamed of yourself. Be, to, be ashamed enough to go <laughs> fix the problem. We'll take the next three months off surfing and focus on Ball fixing your throw. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matt Parker. We are giving away the album Freewing this month, and uh, well, within twenty four hours, I would say. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't win it, mm-hmm. they're going to want to buy one. Yeah. So, what can you tell them about it? The Freewing is like the bridge from shortboards to twin fins. So for a lot of guys that are maybe afraid to jump all in on a twin because they've had <clears throat> mixed experiences in the past where they maybe they felt too slippery or they couldn't surf it in all kinds of waves, the free wing is kind of like the bridge. So, bridge board. Yeah, so Jack Freestone, it's his, it's his model, and obviously he spent years riding thrusters, performance boards, um, but wanted to make a switch to just riding everything. But this, So this was kind of like... He has twins men's and he has all these other alternative boards, but this was kind of the center point for him where it could kind of like feel like a little bit of what he's used to, but still progress in a different way. 
I think a criticism often or that I hear of twins is they they go rough backside. Mm-hmm. Uh, does this free wing, can you pump it backside? For sure. For sure. I think that's a misnomer with twin fins in general. But yes, you can. This this has a stabilizer fin. It's set up, tri-fin set up. So the real key distinction is uh, most, almost all of my other twin fins are just twin fins. There's no center fin. And this one's set up. And the fins are placed specifically where you can run your normal thruster set or run twin trailer. Why do you think it's a misnomer that uh, you can't go well, good backside? Well, I, th- I think there are a lot of <coughs> bad twin fins that you can't go backside on because their fins are placed weird or whatever it is. And I think fish-style boards tend to want to go more lateral down the line. And usually when you're going backside, you want to really crank a bottom turn into the hook, and sometimes they want to just run. So... Um, I think if you place the fins in the right spot, right under your back foot and where your weight is, you'll you be can, fine. You can pivot off that heel side fin into the pocket. So. Yeah, I agree with you. When I'm on a fish, if I'm going front side, I'm fine with the lateral adjustment. Yeah. I'm aiming down the line basically, and I can do little carves. But when I go backside, you're right. I aim for a bottom turn <laughs> and try to crack the lip. And yeah. the, the fish doesn't want to do it. It kind of just wants to, like, no, we're going this of way. Of course it doesn't. <laughs> but I make that adjustment on my forehand. I don't on my backhand. But in the footage I've seen of Jack Freestone riding this, he's doing backside full rotations. He is. On so, this board. Totally. Yeah, he's Jack Freestone is surfing as good as I've ever seen him surf, to be honest. Is it's that because... The ma- it's the magic of being freed up and surfing without... Are you sure it's not the magic of album surfboards? I'm sure that, ha- I'm sure <laughs> that helps, but part of that is the freedom of, like... Um, no expectations, just go out and... I mean, he's properly ripping, right? Have but you seen... He, what's funny is his kind of lowest performance was while he was on tour. Yeah. Because prior to tour, when he was putting he was all those banger clips out, ripping. he was like literally one of the greatest free surfers in the world. On tour, just that pressure, mm-hmm. he didn't live up to kind of what we expected. Now he's off tour and he's doing it again. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bummer. It's a little bit of an indictment on the tour. We all love it, but it's like, it's a Thank little bit you. of an indictment sure. on what brings out the best of surfing. It's a hundred percent true. So unfortunately, anyway, somebody will enjoy this immensely. How, how, what dims are you supposed to ride it in? Are you supposed to ride Pretty it in close your... to shortboard dims? Okay. Yeah. Jack, Jack's shortboards were like six Oh six one. And he writes this like five ten to five to six Oh, but the leader, the volume's just a liter and a half more than it just ends up being like a tick more just because okay. I think everybody should ride a tick more than they think they should anyways. Yeah. So Good advice. Most regular people anyways, you know, seem to do a little bit better, have more fun. And in terms of outline looks very similar to a pointy thruster. It's got a little bump in the tail. Relaxed rocker, a little bit fuller entry in the nose. Okay. Not as, not as pinny as a shortboard. Okay. But What's the bottom concave? Yeah, so a single to a double within a single. So like a spiral V through the fins. Um, a little hip, give it a little release, a little pivot point. Yeah, we've talked about, I think, like the twin fin or the twins men, that style of twin fin being a bridge board between shortboard and mid-length. Mm-hmm. But we've never talked about the bridge between shortboard and, shortboard the, twin. and the twin. And I love it. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. I missed that when I was getting off pointy thrusters. Well, there's so I could have used there's it. There's so many people that still want a shortboard and they still want to rip. And they don't, they, we ha- we're so habitual in how we surf, right? Yeah. Like everyone kind of has their approach. And so sometimes it's difficult to translate that to something different. And so if you just do a slight tweak to the board, you can almost keep the same approach that you would normally have, but you get a little bit more out of it. Right. So 
Still and, short board bottom turn and hit the lip, but it just man, I want to I want to win this board. And, Tell you what, and by switching thrusters versus twins with the trailer, mm-hmm. you get almost two boards. Totally different feelings, yeah. yeah. Between the two, so, so. epic. Well yeah. done. Yeah, pretty. Hopefully somebody pretty it too. Immensely. Congratulations on another great offering too. Congrats to the winner. Yeah. yeah. And are all of them coming with the same aesthetic? With the um, we did a whole lap? series. The first batch we did for stock, we did like this resin abstract tint on the bottom, and same logo style. But we do them all. Okay, variations. All Sweet. of our boards are kind of one offs. So Sweet, beautiful. Hey, congratulations! Yeah. Continued success to Album Surfboards. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, best surf shop in the world. Yeah. <laughs> all right, always a pleasure. Back, oh man, isn't he just a gift? Absolutely, Parker. Absolutely, a gift. Um, I've stolen so many words from him, <laughs> ruthlessly stolen from that nice man, that kind man. And I just take them and don't bring them back. Do you feel ashamed? Yes. Yeah. Deep, deep I shame. I totally would. At least I can throw a ball. Yeah. <laughs> you should just, um, he needs to witness you throwing a ball yeah. so that he can feel so he not can, as bad. He can forgive me for my theft. Exactly. Uh, so Rio ended since I saw you last. Rio ended. We have a winner, a surprise, a shock winner in Philippe Toledo. Yeah. I was completely blown away. Well, I was blown away that they gave him a 10 for once. Wow. I mean, not yeah. once he's gotten a few tens, but he tend, he tends to get underscored. And so them giving him a 10 was appropriate. Yeah. Do you think that was a, an appropriate 10 though? For is sure. the question. For it was sure. a boosted air. I mean, it was, so what the reason why it was a 10 in my eyes was from the moment he was paddling into that wave. I expect, I'm like, Oh, it's a closeout. Why is he going on a closeout? I want to go on that closeout. Then he gets up and riding, and I see that section. I'm like, that section's crazy big. Like, is he really going to crack that thing? Oh, not only is he going to crack it, but he squeezes in a bottom turn enough to aim for the moon. And then while he's going up, I'm like, that's a flyaway. Rotates, fully controlled the whole time. There's an inversion. The back of the board's, I mean, the bottom of the board's facing to the beach at some point. It was just, the entire thing was beyond my comprehension of what was possible to do on a surfboard. And then he lands it, and you're like, oh. 10. That has to be a 10. And they gave it to him. Yeah, he deserved it. Funny thing, congrats to Carissa Moore, too, her 25th win, which that's crazy, right? It is crazy. 25. Yeah. She's not even that old. Anyway, back to Fleep real quick. The thing is, the I wrote about this on Beach Grip, but the finals day at Lower Trestles has always felt, not custom built for Philippe, but that he was the surfer who was going to come in because of his let's just call it his big wave shyness or bigger wave shyness would come into the uh, final day at number three, four, maybe two, three, probably, and win the whole thing, right? It's felt custom built for him to do that. He's got a 10,000 point lead right now over second place, Jack Robinson. Yeah. 10,000 points. He's won J-Bay before he goes in, does well at J-Bay. Now we're talking, I mean, he could have such an astronomical lead. Last year, Gabe had a big lead coming in. It was the same situation. Gabe had an astronomical lead. But was it, was it astronomical at the end? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It we, was, we were having this conversation last year. I remember. Was, I remember. If he loses, it's a complete travesty. Sure. and But this year, Philippe, I mean, if he continues to perform, uh, which he, again, very well could, uh, I could totally see Idolo coming in third, fourth, and finally finding, because Idolo has not found his magic yet this year no. at all. He is, 
surfed uh, service, serviceably, gotten into quarters and semis, but has not felt like the same Edelo, right? Yeah. It feels like that spark is gone, but that's the most dangerous, right? All he needs is one day of spark. He finds that spark at Trestles, boom. I mean, the WSL, again, set this thing up for excitement. They dodged a bullet last year with Gabe winning. Uh, they will hope to dodge a bullet this year if Philippe has a giant lead with Philippe winning. Because one of these times, they're not going to get lucky, though. There's going to be someone comes in with an astronomical lead and loses. Yeah. Um, what about the scenario of, we talk about Felipe not performing in big barreling surf, right? Yeah. <clears throat> He's already secured his top five spot. Yep. He could actually sit out for Chopa. Sure. If the waves are pumping, he could sit out for Chopa. Sure. It would, so we would still have that criticism of him. I think the more realistic and concerning issue is that if Chopu is small and Felipe, you know, makes a few heats or whatever, and then continues on and wins the world title, he will still have that asterisk next to his name about is he qualified in big surf? And the reason why that's troubling is that is now an indictment on the WSL for how did you not provide good waves? We have a world champion who's going to be a world champion. He has that title for the rest of his life, yet your entire viewing public questions the validity of his world championship because you didn't provide a court for him to showcase. Wouldn't they on. just say, though, hey, man, we can't control the weather like we tried to with G-Land, we tried to with, obviously, with Chopu, we tried to with Pipe, whatever, and we just didn't, I mean, Pipe was pumping. Well, we believed that 15 years ago. Yeah. I accepted that, but can't now- but now we know that, in fact, you could put the surfers in the best waves in the world if that was your goal. I mean, in that's the, clearly not their goal. In either. the right window, too, right? Like yes, G-Land, G-Land was pumping before and pumping after. Just they did a bad window. Correct. It, it's clear at this point that their objective is not to put the best surfers in the best waves in the world. They have a bunch of other objectives that are prioritized above that like having a crowd on the beach at Rio, you know, like the waves in Rio were kind of as good or as fun as Sakurama gets, or maybe like an eight out of 10, but it's far from the best waves on the planet. And then we're watching the QS events, the NEOS event, absolutely pumping Man, that at Nios, the exact same time. Those NEOS waves were crazy town. Right. But also, uh, I'm going to go to bat for the WSL here. The way that the Brazil event felt like Huntington Beach here too, right? Like there's something to pro surfing in front of a throng of people on the beach, right? Like I get it. I get that waves should always be the priority, but sometimes I think it's nice to throw in a, a big sweaty crowd. Yeah. Pipeline. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it can't, the crowd can't be prioritized over the waves, but, but Brazil feels like a, a bit of a perfect nexus of they have it close to Rio, right? Which is great. Uh, the waves aren't great, but to me, the Brazil event is um, what? On on the ledger is a winner. I think it should be a QS event. Go ahead and give it a challenger series stop and enjoy all of that. And that crowd may even draw the Felipe Toledos of the world to go and compete in front of their home crowd. I'm fine with all of that. I mean, that's but the, the championship level should be champion quality waves. That's who the crowd wants to see anyways, is Brazilians, right? I mean, they're not there to see Chiron. I mean, I guess you need a bad guy. Jack Robinson should have played a better bad guy. No, he's Brazilian now. 
Oh yeah, he is. Sorry, the Brazilification of Jack Robinson. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, he can't play the bad guy. Who who could play the bad guy? Who could play the white bad guy? I guess Kaloe could. Well, you know, would he doesn't have to be white. I mean, Kanoa could be the bad guy. Mm, it's hard to have hard to have a Japanese bad. I mean, I guess he could. I think that would be more compelling, even a Japanese bad guy. Yeah, yeah, it'd be. There's okay. a samurai kind of. Uh, quality that you can incorporate into the I mean, I don't know how somebody's not one of the mid-tiers like Kalohe. Kanoa's got gas in the tank, I think. I think, let's just be honest, Kalohe's career is what it is, right? Jesus. Is it? It's so sad. I mean, is it though? Can we say that his career is what it is or is there there going to be a spark? The guy's never won a contest. I know. I mean, think about that. Yeah. Griffin's won a couple now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really sad to accept. Do, I mean, do I had you, such high expectations. I actually like him. I think he's, I, I love his love, personality. Yeah. Love Kaloha. Love his surfing. And it's yeah. like, geez. Oh, I, I felt this way. Julian Wilson. It was just so hard to come to terms with him not winning a world title. Yeah. Jordy Smith. I'm still, it's a tough pill to swallow. I'm still swallowing it. Those guys have at least won events. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Kaloha, yeah. It's like, gosh, here's the crazy thing. The only reason you and I are talking about Kaloe, have such an awareness about Kaloe, is the marketing machine. Sure. But the I'm, marketing machine had created all of these expectations, forced them into our awareness. There's been other equally good surfers all along the way that never got that propulsion sure. from the machine, who you and I aren't discussing anymore because- I've Forgotten. I yeah. don't even remember their names. Yeah, exactly. Sean Cansdell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like O'Neill didn't pump him enough. Yeah. But he was insane. So it probably still is. The uh, Kalohe, how old is he? I don't know. You don't think that, I mean, at some point, I guess you are what you are. You don't think that he'll have a breakout at Chopu? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. I mean, where would he have it? I would have said El Salvador. I would have said maybe J-Bay, but no, I mean... There was years, five years ago, where I still would have bet money on it. But when you think about him versus Felipe, when you think about him versus Cano, when you think about him versus Griffin even, yeah, like I'd bet on each of those other competitors every step of the way. Sammy Pupo, I'd bet on over him. Joao, who's not on tour, but I would bet on him. Baron Mamiya, I'd bet on him over Kaloa. You know what I mean? Like go down the list. It's tough. It is really so tough. So what does Kaloa have to do at this point? He needs to reinvent all of it. Yeah. But what is he ranked right now? 10? No, dude, he's low. Really? I just looked it up the other day. Um, is he is he challenging a series? Challenging a series? Well, the funny thing is, he's qualified for next year based on the way that things are structured now. Yeah, uh, and so he's, he's just got to stay above sixteenth. Okay, equal sixteenth with Nat Young. Has Kaloy ever been into a final? Yes, he has. Yeah, where? Don't remember. Okay, so he sniffed it. I think so. I think so. I'm going to go Kalohe for a contest win at some point this year. Um, I'm trying to see. Sometimes they show his best performance on the WSL site, but I don't see it right now. Uh, But anyways, it's a sad story. I hate to bash him because I actually like him a lot. But yeah. Go Kalohe. Yeah. I'm going to say J-Bay. Kalohe for a shock win at J-Bay. I would love to see it. Let's go back to... uh, I got burned by Julian for so many years. I know, I know. and, And Jordy. So now I'm like... I won't touch that flame again. Uh, back to Brazil. Funny thing for the WSL, I think there, uh, the Brazilian surfers are clearly, as a group, some of the very best, not just on tour, but in the world. Correct? 
Yes. Also, there's still some underlying feeling in Brazil that the judges are pushing them through because they're nervous about actually getting beat up by the fans. Really? Feels that way. It feels like, I don't know why it should feel that way because the Brazilian surfers, again, are the best in the world. But I think Jack Robinson getting ripped off, straight ripped off, uh, opens the door for those feelings. Wait, when did he get ripped off? He, in Brazil, you think? In Brazil, yeah. He he had the score at the end. I watched that heat. I don't think he got ripped off. Um, Terpel, Terpel never says nothing. Terpel thought he got ripped off. Um, do you remember who he was surfing against? A Brazilian. Was it Caleb Robs? Oh, it was a Brazilian? Yeah. Oh, Mateus Hurdy. Mateus Hurdy. It was Mateus Hurdy. Yes. I watched, after I saw that story, I went back and watched it, and it's definitely not a ripoff. Maybe it is arguable, but it wasn't like Jack surfed incredibly better than Mateus. See, here's the thing with the judges, right? Those dang judges. Uh, they clearly have a plot that they're following, but they pretend they don't. But it's also the wrong plot they're following, right? Like, you can script this. It's very clear that they do script this, right? I don't think the judges are colluding, but I think there's an overall sense of who, you know, kind of the storyline they want. So explain what plot are they following and why is it the wrong one? Well, I think they're in Brazil. They were following the plot of Brazil surfers, right? Like, I truly think they probably did get scared, the judges, uh, with all the online heat after El Salvador and going into Brazil. How does that not influence you, right? Them. Like, I think... That's... So I think that's true, is that... The judges are all surfing fans. Yes. And they're, they're definitely have, as any surf fan, you have a favorite surfer and all of that is affecting their judging, even though they're trying their hardest to be subjective. How could you possibly divorce yourself from your investment in the sport, right? And so, yeah, they are excited about these storylines that are developing. And so, yeah, when they go to write down a score, how are you not factoring that? Sure. How are you unable to divorce it? But I'm saying what would have served the storyline better was if the if the Hurdy and uh, Jack, Robinson. Jack Robinson heat was close, kick Jack through because now you got an enemy, an enemy. You have fans on the beach just tearing their hair out and you have like way louder screams for, you know, whoever he's surfing against moving forward. If it was against Fleep or whoever, that, would, in, like, that, that would imply that there's a puppeteer though. But that's not thinking saying, that far in advance. But in the in the close ones, I don't know. You're an entertainment company. In the close heats like that, how do you not have somebody who's smart enough to think this is really close? Let's give it to like professional They're, surfing. To to think that this is all completely objective anyway is laughable but right that, that is still what they're believing the, that's you can what you can push that out thinking. but it but there is a dash more than a dash of wwf uh WWE, is it wwe e, e now, now. Yeah, yeah sorry of professional wrestling in here right where like it is not purely objective. So when you come up with a moment, I mean, they should have, I don't know why nobody's thinking that, why nobody's thinking, okay, this heat is really close. If there's some heats, not close. You're not, don't need to push anybody through, right? Other heats, the heats that are back and forth, man, where somebody's going to complain no matter who loses, put the better storyline through. They're definitely not thinking that way. They're definitely completely subject to their biases, not acknowledging that they are, 
trying their best to be objective, but they're being ruled by their biases. Exactly. Yeah. So just so you're saying, just acknowledge your biases, acknowledge and think them. Of the greater good. Precisely. The greater storyline, and you never, never have to. You never have to make that public. You never have to say we are biased, and we are we. No matter how hard we try, we subjectively look at things in the way we do, right? And so we're going to get a lot of these things wrong. Uh, and so instead of just getting them wrong, we're going to make it more interesting for you. Yeah, they'll never do that. They should. They don't have to say it. <laughs> they'll just have do to change it. the e, change the initial to e just somewhere do it. in the title. W S T E. Surf Entertainment. So remember, I years ago talked about the correlation between blonde hair and world titles. Yes. Gabe just bleached his hair blonde. Jack Robinson just bleached his hair blonde. I think they're going through the archives listening to our show and they came across that and they're like, oh, this is what we need to do. Except what if there's also a correlation between bleaching your hair blonde and or having blonde hair and blowing out your MCL? Yeah, that's possible too. Uh-oh, John John Florence, now Gabe. Yep. Yeah, Gabe's, Gabe's. Uh, I was so high on Gabe I coming know, back and too. sweeping and man, what a, what a falter that was. Like he definitely, he should not have come back. You know what the problem was? Too much off time without cross-training in preparation for doing the most athletic thing possible. Him trying to stick his airs in that heat. Remember where he was like way yeah. down the beach yeah, from yeah. who? Who was he serving against? Connor O'Leary, maybe? Connor O'Leary was ripping him a new one if it was Connor O'Leary. It might have been Callum. Somebody. Cal yeah, it wasn't Connor. It was some, it was some serviceable Australian. I'd say Callum. I think it was Callum. Yeah, but was down there getting barreled, ripping, etc. Gabe was like a mile down the beach on some wonky left, trying to land airs like that, and he just couldn't land one. Airs that he always lands every time in his career. Yeah, if he falls once in a heat, that's an anomaly. Yeah, he fell six attempts in a row. Like, and they weren't the craziest airs ever. No, they were like, they were like fully lazy. Stock they were like lazy, lazy airs on a on a lesser wave. Yeah, it's it was, Caleb Robson. It way. was uh, unfortunate to watch that play out. I I like Gabriel to have the sheen of like the Dark Knight of the guy who just the assassin who's like yeah. watching him struggle made me uncomfortable. Well, it. Um, I don't know where his injury happened. If it he was falling because he had the injury or if he got injured on one of those falls. But it looks like he probably got injured on one of the falls or after even towards the end of the heat because once he was up and riding, he looked uninjured. Yeah. He would just not land the air. So I'm going to claim that he injured himself on the final air. Maybe. Which is which is such a classic of being out of shape, That's com the coming back That's and the going back like full throttle, yeah. which... Yeah, I mean, he should not have come back. He should have, if he wanted to come back, he should have said, okay, I want to come back, but I'm clearly not, I've clearly been either partying or whatever. I'm going to get ready for next year and come back and just dominate. Yeah. Because now he's now he's screwed, right? Now it's totally. his, he's going to have to rehab his knee. He's not going to be ready for next year. I mean, this could be the end of competitive Gabriel Medina as we know him. Man. This could have been, this could fully be it, right? He should have stayed with Charlie. He's not getting younger. He's getting older. He's going to rehab his knee. So next year is pretty much a write-off, right? And now we don't you come, know. I mean, pretty we much. Know. Well, they said they're going to revisit the knee in two weeks, yeah. medically assess it to give a more specific prognosis because they couldn't tell right out of the gates. So he could be actually back for Ch Chopu. 
He's sitting out J-Bay, could be back for Chopu. Best case scenario. Look at, once the M- MCL start going, look at John John. I know, like that's they, the problem. And they get in your head and... Well, at that level too, like we have never seen surfing. The way that these guys are surfing for the last three or four years puts a strain on the body that we had never seen before. Yep. Doing six foot airs on sections that are overhead, all that kind of stuff. So we don't know what the effects are yet. It remains to be seen, but we do know you can't take nine months off. And then just come back. And then come back full force. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it is unfortunate. Um, Who's who's the new Gabriel Medina? If Gabriel Medina is effectively finished as a storyline, as a, you know, whatever, as, as the sort of ultimate bad guy, who takes Gabe's spot as a cutthroat winner? We don't have one. Yeah a big void in terms of who could do what he's done to kind of put fear in the hearts of all the other competitors win a bunch of world titles it could be idolo if he gets mm. his act together idolo's act is he's showing a really kink. really untogether right he's now. showing a chink in the armor uh this season but he needs to get that if he can tighten up that then he could be that but he might be, he might be showing a kink in the armor too might be he looks pretty kinky in my in my uh, vocabulary I kink makes more sense than chink I oh. don't like saying chink in the armor I prefer saying kink in the armor the problem is is because chink is also a, ra- a racial slur that's true that's why you don't want to say it is it yes I've never used the racial slur of course you haven't but it is and so <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe but so you have a I think that but a kink in the armor still I mean if you had a works. kink in the armor your armor would be weird be misformed it'd be into defecation yeah <laughs> man we got some weird defecation follow-up emails oh, and calls i can't even I can't we're not anymore. playing any oh, of good, good 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 no, oh also i don't even want to talk about the instagram dm we got that profoundly disturbed me i read it to lauren we were on the sofa on a friday night and i was like horrified yeah and she's like what is going on over there and i'm looking at my phone i'm like i don't even want to share this with you no I'm like, do you want to be disgusted? She's like, what What kind of disgusting? What is it about? And I'm like, sex and defecation? She's like, now I have to know. Ooh. And I explained it to her, and she was just like, who are these people? Yeah, but that's but who I knew they were out there. People? I knew they were out there. How do they find one another? There must be some kind of like code sign you do with your hand. It has to be. Yeah. That is like if you're at a truck stop and you yeah. put like a bandana in your left back, back left pocket. Sort exactly. Of thing. So if you go on a date and you have, what would it be? Some, a bolo tie? Yeah, something. <laughs> bolo tie and John Lennon sunglasses. Man. Yeah. I'm disgusted. I don't Oof. even know where to go from here. Oof. I know what can bring us back. What? Barton Lynch. Oh, he sure can. Papa Barton. Done. Lynched. So I was I was pretty proud of my headline using using Lynch his last name to be lynched and assigning the WSL with the crime blame exactly but they were well okay I don't understand this so I, I frankly do not understand this Barton Lynch took to Instagram said hey everybody's been asking me when I'm going to be back in the booth commentary booth for the WSL I reached out to them they said my services are no longer needed this year maybe is what they said that's what he said um. But he's smiling the entire time that he said it. He's affable, glowing, completely exuberant about 
other opportunities that he has to share his insights on professional surfing and other mediums or platforms. Pirate's dream. And yeah. And I just thought to myself, wow, if the WSL, I've never seen a better send off or like um, resignation or this is not a burning of the bridge. No, this is him putting on display exactly why they should be hiring him. If I was the WSL and I was in charge of putting commentators in booths and I saw that I would go, wow, I made a huge mistake. This guy exhibits everything that we want. First of all, he's a, he's a world champ. He's as expert in his insights and commentary as anybody we've ever seen. That's not even debatable. Yeah. That's not debatable. And then his affability and charisma that he's displaying in this one post alone, which we already knew existed, but in this one post alone, they're the, the wall of positive noise. He exemplified that. Not only, in, but, but with Barton, it doesn't seem, uh, phony it doesn't seem fake. Like he, his positivity, it, his good vibe, his coming from his heart. Exactly. Where that's why I love to see Barton in the booth. I frankly, this is so confusing to me. I have to think that it only, it comes down to a money thing, which I hope that Barton said, Nope, this is what I'll, I doubt that this is what it costs for me to do it. And if you can't meet that, then, you know, it's great. And like, and they're just lowballing Cote and whoever else. You think that's what it comes down to? I don't. He's not like asking for a million dollars. No, I'm no, sure. but like, I'm. Sh- but he's a reasonable human being, and I think for that, sure. I think that his heart is in the game so much that he would actually do it for I don't a scale. Know. I'm sure he would think like, "Hey, I, I'm a world champ. I'm a world champ. I bring something, and I'm not going to devalue myself. I am worth this much." But when and, does the WSL a nickel and dime? Well, that's what I don't know. That's the only like. Is Barton Lynch not the world's favorite surf commentator? He has to be. I mean, I love him. If they did, you love him. He's, yeah, I would think that he comes out. I mean, can we conduct, I guess we're weighting the scale here, but to (laughs) get it. Uh, But uh, can we do, we should just do one on Instagram, right? Those are easy to put up. The pirate stream? No, the. Oh, the poll? Poll. Is Barton Lynch your favorite? I mean, to our audience. Uh, no, I think I we know. can just answer it right now. Yeah. He is, right? He'd so, be right up there. And so how do you not have, again, his pedigree, his expertise, his knowledge, his relationship with the surfers, his relationship with the waves and the spots. Like, it just makes no sense to me that if he wanted, it would make all kinds of sense to me if he didn't want to do it. And Debbie says like, oh, he's that not there because he's, he's busy. Uh, he reached out to them to say, I'm available for the right. rest of the year. And they said, shove it, Barton. Yeah, I know. What assholes? I mean, maybe it's, you know what it could very well be is, actually, this doesn't make sense either. Um, I was going to say that he's a middle-aged white male. They don't need another one. But it's Chris Cote. But that's who they, yeah. That's who they, they have. They have started it. cycling in. Uh, Shannon female Hughes. voices. Yeah, great. And Mitch Salazar, who speaks Spanish, which is fantastic. And he's great. She's great. That's all great. But they brought Cote, Pete Mel, yeah. and Terpel down to Brazil. Yeah. So Barton would have fit in that, they, in interchangeably with any of them. I mean, I uh, love Pete. I love Cote. Don't get me wrong. Terpel, please make him go away. Uh, but I know, I get that you need sort of a straight man. Yeah. But man, find him, like... We should 
change.org petition. They Bring would, Barton back. I mean, for sure. Let's do it. Except I don't even care. Awareness. I, I honestly, the crazy thing is, as much as we talk about it, I don't really care anymore. It's funny to talk like, about. Like, I don't, yeah, it is funny to talk about. <laughs> and it's easy. It's low-hanging fruit, I guess. But like with Brazil, I barely watched any of the events. Really? I loved pro serving. I'd wake up in the middle of the night to watch events for my entire life. And at this point, it's so far removed from... But engagement is through the roof. They're right. growing by 100,000% year over year. More, and Costco's selling more wave storms than they ever sold before too. But it's just I don't understand or identify with what surfing has become on that scale. You know what I mean? And this is just one further decision where it's like, yeah, we could rally our listeners and sign a change, sign a petition and get Barton's his job back. And it's like, I don't know. Barton probably could do better things with his life than go commentate for the WSL at this point. I mean, Barton did suggest something at the end that sounded an awful lot like a pirate stream. And I know you and I have tried one before. I tried one with Sterling Spencer before. I think Derek and I have tried one. I think you and I and Derek. Like this idea of a pirate stream has floated and of all the things we talk about and don't do we've actually we or i've actually before tried and we tried to do a pirate we did stream. a great one once yeah exactly uh so this is something we've actually done uh it's really 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 hard but again i don't see i don't know like yeah i hope that barton is going to try and do a better job of a pirate stream well and even if he doesn't uh in the next in the new world order. I mean, ultimately when the WSL uh, redirects entirely and changes all their management structure, which they've done four times since they've been the WSL, Barton should be the first guy on that call list. Yep. On that call sheet. Um, a couple of true grit or clickbait crap headlines. Pop sensation Shakira embraces cathartic properties of high performance surfing in order to mend damaged heart after breakup with cheating soccer stud exclamation point. It's true except for the high performance surfing bit. Mm. I think she was probably on a pink longboard. <laughs> low performance? Low performance. I should have read to Midland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. It said she is in her uh man, handsome man, Spanish soccer player, football player. Gerard Peak uh, broke up with her, or they broke up. I think there was suggestions that cheating might have been involved. Shocking. But she went and is mending her heart by surfing in northern Spain, which that's not where I would go to mend my broken heart surfing. Well, is it a wave pool? The no. footage was a wave, or the image was a wave pool. That was a wave pool. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no. She's, that was from a music video. She's on the beach, yeah. yeah. She's on the beach surfing. But if I was going to mend my broken heart surfing, I would go to the Maldives. Niyama. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, why go to... <laughs> well, especially if you're her. The, yeah. the stop point for me is that it's expensive. Yeah. For her, she could go rent an island. That's what I'm saying. And she's staying in the country of her heartbroken ex-lover. She's not over it yet. I mean, apparently not. But she, she wants to be seen on the beach by him. Also, I would have gone to Colombia if I was her. Where? Why? Because she's Colombian. Oh, but also, Colombia is a beautiful country and... I don't know about Columbia's waves, but I'm sure it has some. Is it coastal? Yeah, of course. Okay. You didn't know Columbia was coastal? The very tip there of South America. Mm. Uh, I don't know anything about the waves in Columbia either. Um, yeah, so cathartic properties of high performance or of surfing in general, it does heal all. It's, it's cliche to say. But it does. It mends a broken heart. For sure. When Especially I, a broken heart. When I think of all of the, like, 
the ups and downs of my life, surfing has been the one core thing that was just always part of the routine. And I mean, other people probably have running or working out or other things that are also cathartic, but it's like that ritual of just no matter what's going on every day, you're going to drive down there. You're going to confront this thing. You're going to maybe not conquer it, but you're at least going like, if you can kind of do this thing, everything else seems easier. And it's even in the midst of real pain, uh, that is an hour or such that it'll be really, the pain will be dulled totally. because you're thinking about something else. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. So good for her. Yep. Uh, good who, job, Shakira. So who cheated on who? I think the the uh, rumors are that he on her. Uh, who did he cheat with? I don't know, but he looks he looks dashing. So probably with whoever he wanted to. Yeah. Bummer, Shakira. Sorry yeah. to hear this. So, but heartbreaking. She, and did you see also in the? Uh, she also reached out to Kelly Slater <laughs> in the uh, when the when the cheating rumor came out or when the breakup became public, she uh, requested or she friended or she followed, followed Kelly Slater on Instagram. I did see that. Yeah. Saw that story on Beach Grid. Yeah, nice. Um, I mean, I know Kelly is married now to Kalani Miller. Not quite. They are. That's a silly ass thing right there. No, well, but they're legally. Yeah. They got married. Is this a news story? No, oh, okay. but like they are uh, common law. Yeah. So same diff. Except, which I don't think if you don't, they don't actually live together and they don't even, I don't think he even has a proper full-time home. Do you think Kelly Slater so is like his loopholed common law marriage? He's checking what, how long do you have to be? Okay, we're out of here. <laughs> That's good. You know what, so crazy. You know what true. question I had for Brandon Sneed that I just dodged because he felt so on his heels? Yeah. Uh, you revealed through this article that Kelly is friends with Tom Brady. Yes. Kelly used to be with Giselle. Yeah. So he's now he's friends with his ex-girlfriend's husband? He is. Let's discuss. I mean. Come on, give us the juice. Like, what happened there, Brandon? Did you know that? Brandon would not have given the juice. No, he really wouldn't. Oof. Yeah. Really blew that one. Really did. Uh, but <laughs> there is some sort of story here about him being friends with his ex-girlfriend's yeah. husband. Yes. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, true grit or clickbait crap. World Surf League suffers embarrassing spate. Spate? Yeah, of typos and grammar errors leading fans to wonder if the home of professional surfing actively hates the English language. So true. It's funny. I get, and I never touch them because it just is like par for the course now, but during WSL events, especially when they're putting out materials, I will get between, I'm going to say three and five DMs, emails, text messages a day featuring embarrassing WSL typos, them getting the wrong name on the wrong surfer, straight up misspellings, uh, all kinds of goofy stuff. And I just ignore all of it. I finally got one today and I was like, okay, this is the one that broke the camel's back. I now have to write about the World Surf League. There's clearly no copy editing ever happening, which started the article with those who live in glass houses. Uh, Beach Grid is clearly a home to home to being very loose and fast with the English language. But WCL is a professional organization. And to throw out such unprofessional stuff, like basic typo spelling error stuff, like I just don't get it. I don't get how there's not w at least one person checking stuff before it gets public. What was the example? 
Well, I mean, the, the last one the was it just, it was like a head-to-head matchup between Idolo and someone, and they spelled head H-E-A-F. No way. Heft-to-head, yeah. Oh, that's why the subtitle said heft-to-head. Yeah. Okay, I was like... I but there's, but there's, I get so many of that's those, so right? Funny. So many of well, them. Well, what about Kanoa Igarshi? Exactly. On the back of his jersey, they printed the jersey. I, so I just don't get, like, yeah. when you're out front saying robust growth, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a boom time for professional surfing, et cetera, et cetera, but you clearly don't have an employee to half check the stuff that's going out, then come on. Like at least if you're going to say that you're growing huge, then hire a copy editor. Right. Uh, they probably did at one point. Yeah. That person's gone. long gone. Um, let's, uh, let's do commercial break and then come back with, I got a couple follow-up questions and then barrel or not. Let's do it. All right. Hey, Chess, commercial break for athleticgreens.com slash surf. Guess what I read this morning? Tell me. Athleticgreens.com slash surf is sponsoring uh, some event or series or something. I should have read the article <laughs> at, at uh, New York's Montauk Surf Lodge. Shut up. Which is, have you ever been to Montauk Surf Lodge? No, but Montauk? I'm going there next month. Oh, I'm go- going to New York next month so we can do it. Go hit Montauk Surf Lodge. Surf Lodge is really like a full-on scene. I mean, yeah, it yeah. is the Hampton scene, right? I saw Danny Fuller there once. We had a nice chat, but it really is a great spot. And athleticgreens.com slash surf, which I wonder, again, I should have read the article, if they're mixing cocktails or something with Athletic Greens. I doubt it. I doubt it too, but I don't know what else you'd be doing. Um Fueling people's day and their wellness. I mean, fueling their evening for sure. I mean, you take that in the morning, it'll get you through the evening. I mean, definitely. That's what I do. But imagine that you're feeling down in the evening, that you've driven from Manhattan out to Montauk, sat in a bunch of traffic. You're worn down. You're tired, feeling edgy. Rock up to the surf lodge. Somebody pours you a refreshing athleticgreens.com slash surf. The great news is it doesn't take long to ingest it to fuel whatever's going on next and the rest of the day feel better right away yeah it's not like a big commitment no organic Uh, this thing is the empty bottle proving the reason why this show is so great today boom this is the evidence you know who i bet doesn't drink athleticgreens.com slash tell me brandon sneed brandon low energy he was drinking something out of that coffee (laughs) mug it was definitely not green wasn't probably coffee ag1 no uh well yeah Jump on board, athleticgreens.com slash surf for optimal wellness and to support our work. Who do they join on board? What do you mean? Oh, they join you and I. They join Britt Merrick. They join Matt Parker. They join 97% of listeners. The 3% are the ones who need to get their act together. I mean, get it together today. Yeah, definitely. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 
2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's LinkedInJobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Chaz, we're back. Ooh. Um... Final day today of not only the album giveaway, but of Pride Month. Is the Wallace Smith household celebrating, kicking off or sending off the month of Pride? I, I guess we will today. What are you going to do to celebrate? I mean, I'm going to go down to the beach in Speedos. Is that, what does that signify? Uh, <laughs> that. What stereotype does that? That my childhood idol was Greg Luganis. <laughs> Also gay. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm right. saying. Okay. This is not this is not rude. Got this it. This is not unfortunate. This is a true celebration for my childhood idol. I have a thought, new thought in my head right now. <laughs> I should think it through before I say it out loud. <laughs> uh, gay males, right? Yes. They identify as tops and bottoms. Yes. Do they? All? I don't know if all of them do, but it's breached my awareness, which means yes, a large percentage. Okay, they identify as right, and you'll yeah. be. And I think it's often made used as a joke. Like I don't think it's a badge. They don't put it under their name when they yeah. go to the trade show, but they do identify as like, hey, you got to make sure you're not both tops, like on the dating scene, you know, or whatever. How crazy is that? It'd be hard. Imagine at you and I as heteros, if we branded ourselves as I'm into doggy style, you know, like, Oh, I only do reverse cowboy or that's my preferred, <laughs> my preferred. but I'm on the dating scene now. Okay. All of you be aware. Yeah. Reverse cowgirl. That's my go-to. <laughs> right. It really is weird. It is the or weirdest not weird. thing in the world. I mean, it's normal, but it's, no, uh, it's not complicated. It's not normal. <laughs> it's complicated. It complicates an already, you would think complicated scene. I mean, Dating in general can be complicated, right? Like there's yes. there's family stuff to work through. There is, you know, all kinds of a myriad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you're finding myriad. your partner, there's, myriad. Mi there's myriad yeah. complications. Yes. So I guess putting your sexual 
uh, position preference right at the top cuts through a lot of the bull crap. Sure. You don't want to find that out three months in. No, right away. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's what I'm going to celebrate today. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've got another joke, but I'm going to save it. Save it for the uh, the bonus content for our subscribers, maybe. Right. Ooh, um, people should subscribe for that bonus content. Um, so celebrating Pride Month. Okay, celebrating 4th of July this mm, coming week. Yes. That is what our barrel and awe is surrounded around. Ooh, yeah. Are you going to be like Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day and renounce your U.S. citizenship? I didn't know he did this. Oh, yeah. Why? In a concert in London over the Roe versus Wade wow. uh, ruling. Is yeah. he moving? I don't know. He's renounced it in London uh, while playing a concert in London and said, you're going to be seeing a lot more of me. So I don't know. They're like, that's okay. You don't just stay. Just come and do a concert <laughs> once in a while. We don't need you here. Yeah. Fourth of July. You peaked with Dookie. Fourth of July for me ranks below Thanksgiving above Mayday. <laughs> I'm going to go, it, it runs tandem with, um, Halloween for me. Really? I like Halloween a lot better. I don't really love Halloween. I mean, it feels like a burden to me. In, as an Oregon boy, growing up in Oregon, uh, 4th of July was second to Christmas, uh, because we shot fireworks. Now, Southern California, like it was, it was honestly coming down to California as a kid and realizing that you didn't shoot fireworks down here for 4th of July was the same exact feeling as if I would have come down here and you said, Oh, in California, we don't get presents for Christmas. Wow. Like, okay. That's how, well, that was one of the barrel or Nas is lighting fireworks. That's how big a shocker was to me. I loved it as it, I would like start thinking about it, you know, early June. And as soon as Bymart stocked fireworks, you know, limited budget for fireworks, but really trying to pick which pack had most bang for its buck. Literally. Literally. Uh, loved it. Loved every second of it. Fourth of July without fireworks. Mm, bar, I can barbecue anytime I want. Go to the beach a lot. Are you allowed to shoot fireworks in Cardiff? No. Yeah. I think it's a, isn't, isn't it a blanket Southern California rule? No. Oh, I thought there it was a blanket. There are cities that are allowed. Okay. I thought the fireworks could shoot though. You could have like, I don't know, sparklers and do the like black worm. Maybe you're out. allowed firecrackers, but yeah. not fireworks. I think that's a distinction. But again, it is city by city. Okay. So I would, I would argue uh, Chula Vista is allowed. Okay. I'm going to go down to Chula Vista then. <laughs> National Big city pack. allowed. Go to TJ and shoot them off. Uh, definitely allowed there. Yeah. So you're into fireworks. Into fireworks. See, I had a different upbringing than you where it wasn't kind of pervasive, but also it just kind of felt like, uh, why are we entertained by shiny things that light up? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather watch a movie or something that would give me more gratification going outside and hearing loud noises and watching things sparkle is not a thrill to me. When was the last time you had a full on firework orgy where there was like a bunch of different kinds, bunch of people like, Half the fun, not half, but some of the fun is, is it going to work, right? Yeah. Part of the fun is, is my hand going to get blown off before I can get away after lighting it? Part of the fun is, is this, this thing is built. I see the packaging here. I see this big, you know, cool thing. Is this going to be big and cool? Sometimes they are, right? Like there's so many, so much fun that goes along with fireworks. Yeah. So the answer is last year. 
You had the a, la- was the last an- two years, if you remember, we recorded a podcast. I was in Texas. Yes. And uh, we got a lake house and there's some extended family that's there. And so they're kind of super into fireworks and they want to do these huge things and show us kind of how it's done. So you were over it though. You were out there. I was there like, I'm the- sitting there going, dude, this has been the least fun part of the day. Riding the jet skis earlier was amazing. Drinking all day, eating all day. That's all been amazing. I'm just kind of persevering through this moment right now. Did you light any yourself? No. See, that's part of it. You've got to go up with the lighter and spark one of those wicks, I think, in order to feel the passion. Okay, maybe next year I'll try. To passion real quick. How is it not, I've talked about this before, how is it not straight racist that this is the only way Brazilian fans and surfers and everything get uh, talked about? Where when does something, an adjective, when you use it, 100% 100% only for one group of people. When does it become racist? Like Jesse Miley Dyer, we thank the passionate fans. Like how many times do they say the word passion? And they all think it's positive, right? But yeah. it's, it'd be like saying nonstop, like calling black people athletic. Yeah. Like, I mean, when does, when does say, even if you have, you know, you mean well, you're like complimenting, but Describing a whole group or culture as one word when you're a white person over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, they because they identify as, and so she's just amplifying their own. I guarantee there's a bunch of Brazilians who are sitting there saying, stop effing calling us passion. Me, I, I am not think, passionate. I'm low I, key. I get what you're saying that how is that not racist when everything else that's not racist has become racist. It's racist. But it's because... Not all Brazilians identify as passionate. Like, but they don't mind that their culture is. Mm, I'm I speaking mean, for them. Again, again, <laughs> it'd be like every time we talked about African-American culture. Wow, aren't they, they're great rhythm. This rhythmic culture, rhythmic. They are a rhythmic people. Black dudes are like. Great rhythm. Let me, you guys uh, assigning our appendage as being larger than everyone else's. We're not, we're going to correct that stereotype. Not against, not into that anymore. Except for passion is not necessarily a hundred, you know, it also means like, you know, the way that the WSL uses it or white people use it, it's like, Ooh, kind of out of control, right? Like it's, yeah, that it, is part of it. I mean, it's not just this pure, you know, a hundred percent good. It's not like, Oh, Brazilians, the richest people in the world or Brazilians, the whatever, right? Yeah. Like passion has a flip side. It does. And Like, I do not for the life of me understand all these woke WSL people, Jesse Miley Dyer, straight out front, how you can use, you know, it'd be like, you know, aren't, I mean, we love when the WSL goes to Japan because we get all our math facts right. Every time this culture is great at math, these mathematicians on the beach, that's exactly what, what they're doing. It's the same thing. Write a story about it. I'm going to. I feel to. like you could drive this one into uh, 20 articles. I'm going to. <laughs> you know who doesn't like racism? You know who doesn't like passionate Brazilians? Who? Kelly Slater. Yeah, he's over. He doesn't go. He might get kidnapped. Yeah, doesn't want him. Can't go. Nope. Too passionate. Doesn't need the passion. Uh, barrel or Naw. Fourth of July themed Barrel or Naw. Block parties. Oh, Barrel. It's the, I like a Halloween block party and I also like a Fourth of July block party. If, if I'm going to like something about Fourth of July that doesn't involve fireworks, it will be. It's always funny to meet your neighbors for the first time every single year, have the same conversation, walk by their house the next day, and maybe if everyone's feeling charitable, wave. 
But otherwise, talk to them at the next four. Hey. I was going to say, how long does that obligatory wave and hello last? Not even like zero. It doesn't last. Don't hit the brakes. No. You can... Don't even roll down the, if the window's down, you can put your arm out it, but don't roll uh, like, down your window to wave. Like you can do a hand on the steering wheel, two fingers up. There you go. A hand not even leaving the steering wheel Okay, like that. But somehow it feels good though. And you think when you're having that 4th of July block party, you think my neighbors are great. I like my neighbors. Yep. But then somehow it, like it doesn't feel like it's this big energy suck or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But somehow the day after it ends, that's it. Yeah. I like that it lands on a Monday this year too because if that block party cut into my Sunday, I'd be pretty bummed about that. But the fact that it's on a Monday, I'm okay with that. cuts into the work week. Rather be block partying than in an office. But um, I also do like in general the camaraderie. If you're going to live in an area, it is good to kind of have camaraderie. All be on the same page. I mean, because you may need it sometimes. There, there may be a child molester coming around. You should know that children. by looking at Megan's Law or something <laughs> exactly. on the website. And and all the neighbors should Alert be neighbors vigilant for yeah. each other, each other's kids. Yep. House might burn down. You need a bunch of neighbors there with buckets of water. Yep. Like we, so we live in a cul-de-sac. You really follow unintentionally. Yeah. You track everyone's lives. And then the conversations that we have in our house are all often every day, at least once there's something about our neighbors, just like, wow. Sometimes it's totally lame. Like Kevin got soil. Yeah. What? Yeah. He just got some, he got some soil today because yeah. he pulled up and I saw him open the back of his truck and he had soil. Oh. So he must be doing a gardening project. Yeah, yeah. Another one, which is, which is interesting enough to you to go tell. Lauren. Lauren. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like that was seeing soil in the back of his, your neighbor's truck was enough. Uh, like you walked in and told her. Okay. Here's another one I'm going to share because I'm pretty sure none of my neighbors will ever listen to this. Um, we had a party, whatever, back in October, invited some of the neighbors over. Got a, and it's kind of the first time we'd met some of them. Got a vibe from one of the husbands and wives. Like, man, they seem distant. Oh, so we developed this storyline in our own heads of them having a fractured marriage. Well, over the course of months divorced, it seems to be, of course, we're not having these conversations with them. So I don't know if the papers have been filed, but it's like, we noticed their comings and goings are separate all the time. Mm. And then a month ago we noticed his, him not being there as often. And then, uh, now it's like, he hasn't spent the night at home for weeks now. And now we're heartbroken. Yeah. Like, gosh, we don't want to see anybody get divorced. But the fact that we've had this storyline going in our, it's been a big part of our conversation, to be honest, daily. I'm like, was he home today? What did he do? Oh, he only came home for one hour. Why? Oh, well, he left with mail. Oh, he just came by to get mail. Did he pack anything? Did he leave with a suitcase? Like cul-de-sac really is the best way to have the, like where your cul-de-sac becomes a running Netflix show. It is. Totally is. Because it doesn't really happen that same way on a street. Right. Definitely not. Like I see my neighbors who I see, but I'm not looking at all of them at the same time. And they could just be passing through. Exactly. Nobody's just passing through here. Yeah. If they do, we're checking our security cam footage. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. did they stay long? You know. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So barrel on block parties. Barrel. Okay. This is going to be one of the biggest travel days of ever since yes. coronavirus has reopened the airports. So people are going to be traveling on airplanes, barrel or not nah, securing the armrest. On the airplane? Meaning that's oh, a shared space. Taking it. 
Uh, do you take it? Do you let them some space? Do you try to share it with the partner? No sharing. Uh, is this okay? Are you sitting next to your stranger. person? Stranger. Yes. Okay. So rule, hard rule. Listen up, listeners. The hard rule is the person in the middle gets both armrests. Oof. The person in the middle gets both armrests. They're living a crap life. They're compared. the sardine. Yeah, they're living a bad life already. Give them that one little crumb. And you've got the other one. Precisely. You have a guaranteed dedicated armrest. Uh, and also you can lean away. And the person next to the window can you know sleep up against the wall or whatever. So do that little thing for your fellow man. Give the middle, if he, if he or she wants. Like So this, did you have this policy in place prior to me asking this question or did you just invent it? No, I've always thought this. This is I, like, an I, excellent policy. I get rage filled when I'm in the middle seat. Of course. I mean, I will, I will just elbow people's off. I will, I will demand that those armrests okay. are mine. It's an excellent policy, but it's indicative that you have a mindset that this is a shared space. Yes. And so we need to make accommodation for other people. Sure. A lot of travelers on airplanes, especially if you're on Southwest or something, do not have that mindset. It's the worst they're, part. They're going into it going, Mine. this is my flight. I, maybe they don't travel that often. This is my flight. I've been waiting for this. This is my vacation. So I paid for this. This is mine. Yeah. Insane. It's, it's the worst part of traveling in the United States, to be honest, is the idea of me, 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 my, my, mine is very much more American than any, anywhere else I've ever been of getting yours, looking out for number one, being in the way, like people who go real slow into the, uh, whatever, like the, take your computer out of your bag, the security check oh, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and just like move like slow, like purposefully slow, right? Not thinking that, you know, sure they're on time with their fight flight, but wondering maybe there's somebody else in the back of the line there that Inevitably, is, there that is. is pushing it. Right. It is. And yeah. so if I can speed up by five seconds, if I can work as quick as I can, that helps somebody else, yep. right? Nobody thinks that. People who stand up stinking on the plane, plane lands, the worst. stand up. Worst human beings of all time. Slowly get their bags out, like stand in the middle of the aisle and like get it out and kind of recheck and repack a little bit. Like while who, somebody's behind you, may not be me, may not be the person next to me, somebody's back there is pushing a connection. Get off and then re, like just this complete lack of thinking about everyone else is what sucks. So yes, if you're in the middle, you get both armrests. If you are window aisle, you give that armrest up. Think about your fellow man. Great policy. I love this. We do a PSA. Yep. It's been once a week, it seems, we're doing PSAs now. It's a great this PSA. This is today's PSA. Man, just <clears throat> when you're in the airport traveling, just think about somebody else for one second. Totally. Completely. Love it. Yeah. Excellent advice mm -hmm. for 4th of July. All right. How are you guys celebrating? Um, I'm not leaving, man. Like the... I'm so glad sometimes 4th of July sneaks up a bit on me. I'll find myself accidentally in LA or something and think, oh no, to get down to Island North County, it's going to be like 18 hours of traffic. Uh, so knowing, having, knowing full well it's on Monday, I know that this weekend is just going to be crammed. So I've taken to uh, just riding my bike to the beach these days, riding bike, can't surf yet, ankles almost back, but just jumping in and swimming. And so I will not get in a car this 4th of July or this whole weekend. Probably I will ride my bike and swim. Good for you. Yep. Good. You hear 
you know what FOMO is, obviously. I've seen a couple of memes yep. lately that are about JOMO. It's yeah. the joy of missing out. Yes. <laughs> Where it's just like, leave me alone. Yep. I don't want to go to the party. Don't want to go to the crowded spot. Just, oh. I love being at home to avoid all of that. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, total. All right, man. Well, hey, great to see you again in person. You too. Good luck. Anybody who wants to win this album, Free Wing. I mean, how do they win it again? Uh, go to surfsplendorpodcast.com. Click on support or subscribe. And uh, it's five bucks a month. You can cancel at any time. But each month that you are making that contribution, you are entered to win whatever it is we're giving away that month. And this month is a doozy. Imagine also, without that support, Brandon Sneed would be your podcast host. That's how much insight you would get into the lives and travails of professional surfers. Or we'd be begging um, the WSL for money or one of their yep. their supporters for money, and then we'd be working that narrative, part of the wall of positive noise, and instead we're able to be independent. Thanks to you and thanks to athleticgreens.com slash surf. Thank you. So, And next month... I've got a John John Florence trade-in. So he's ridden sweet. it. He's ridden it. He signed it. Shaped by John Pizel, of course. So we've got that available next month, too. So get in now. Subscribe today. And then get opportunity to win both. All right, Chaz. Until next week. Bon voyage.